Welcome to the Beers and Bible Podcast, a podcast that explores God's Word while enjoying the fruits of God's creation. You can find us on Instagram at Beers and Bible underscore, on Facebook by searching Beers and Bible Podcast, and on Twitter at Beers and Bible P1. You can also email us at Beers and Bible Podcast at gmail.com. If you enjoy what you hear on Beers and Bible, please consider leaving a five-star rating and a review on your podcast platform to help us promote this podcast. Billy Currington summed it up well when he said, God is great, beer is good, and people are crazy. So let us join our hosts, Michael and Anthony, for this week's discussion. Welcome to episode number 185 of the Beers and Bible podcast. I am Anthony. And I am Michael, and we are happy to be back with you for another week of the Beers and Bible podcast. Uh, we, Anthony and I were just talking. We've had pretty, pretty crazy weeks yes. individually. And, um, but hey, it's Thursday night. We're recording. What, what? On a Thursday? Yeah. Two weeks of normal recording. I, I about to say that's two weeks in a <laughs> row. That's a record for us here lately. But uh but tonight we're gonna uh looks like wrap up Romans. Yeah, we are. We're gonna wrap Romans up and uh drink some beer. So before we but before we get into all that, Anthony, mm-hmm. I may have already kind of said how the how the week's going, but how how you doing? What's going mm-hmm. on? Man, I'm good. So it is it was a welcomed site yesterday uh well no it was two days ago now two days ago it rained for the first time in like three weeks down here and this morning it was a cool 71 degrees when i left Mm. for work glorious yes i mean don't get me wrong by like noon 30 it was still 112 degrees (laughs) but we had a brief respite (laughs) I'm about to say for 47 minutes, it was, it, it was, was cool. kind of comfortable. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let's see. It's, it's 83 right now. It's all like, okay. I've, I contemplated going out to my porch and smoking tonight, but then I was like, it's too much work and I don't feel like it. So that's fair. Alas, here we are inside in the office, but we've been busy school, all the fun things, um, work, everything that happens when you make the transition from summer back into Mm-hmm. The fall time, you know, all that's happening. How are you guys doing? We're good, man. We're uh, we're enjoying some cooler weather up here. It's been in the mid 60s in Jerk. the mornings, only getting up to about 85 in the afternoons. Um, at least that's what the real. T- I mean, it may <laughs> feel closer to like 90 or 95, but still um, right. we're enjoying that. It's just been a crazy busy week with work this week. I've been driving i feel like all over atlanta mm-hmm. um i mean i was two hours away yesterday i was an hour and a half away today like from home um mm-hmm. so those are just long you know long drives and you're on a job site trying to get stuff done and yep as you're looking at your watch it's like you're looking at your watch you're like oh it's five o'clock and i have a two-hour drive ahead of me so i should <laughs> probably think about wrapping this up so it's good we're just busy um going through some transition stuff and mm-hmm. uh figuring how figuring out how to navigate some of that stuff so but we're good family's good uh nice. we're all 
we're we've been healthy for a while now, which is great. I probably just jinxed it, but um, <laughs> this weekend somebody's getting sick. <laughs> yep, that's how it works. But as of right now, as of Thursday, August seventeenth, we are all healthy and whole. So, but but tonight let's uh, let's get into our beer review. Um, yeah, I'm excited about what you're drinking because you're drinking one of my favorite desserts. Mm, mine too. Um, and I I'm and I'm hoping that it's good for you. So why don't you uh why don't you why don't you dive in? So tonight I have a uh, new brewery to the podcast. I've been I've been trying to find somebody new. It seems like the last several weeks um we've been hitting up uh breweries that we've already done. But uh but from the Whole Hog Brewing or Whole Hog Beer Company, uh their tagline is next level brews. So uh but this is the key lime pie imperial golden ale mm. um i did i so i i saw the word imperial <clears throat> and i immediately went to because a lot of times you'll see like imperial ipa india pale ale and i was like all right i gotta verify that imperial golden ale is not the same as and then like a regular ipa verified it's not it's closer to a lager okay uh an imperial golden ale is closer to a lager than it is anything else so i actually think this could be this has a potential to be really, really good. I love key lime pie. Um, mm. I love cobblers pretty much. So that's why I guess that's why I like fruity beers. But um, key lime pie is one of my favorite desserts. Uh, second, pretty much only to banana pudding. Um, but they describe this beer as summer breeze makes you feel fine. Rolling through the key lime in your pint. Whole hog key lime is elevated golden ale. Our brewing team folds high gravity into a delectably crisp brew bolstered by lime juice and notes of graham cracker. I mean, hmm. that just that, like that just it's making my mouth water because I'm I now mean, I'm hungry again. <laughs> you had me at uh key lime pie. Yeah. <laughs> like like you you didn't have to read anything else about it. You had me at key lime pie. So No. This thing comes in at 7% ABV. It's only got 10 IBUs, which is good for me. I almost feel mm-hmm. like like this should almost be a sour or 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 a tart because key lime like good key lime pie is a little tart. Yeah. Um but but uh either way, if the graham cracker kind of offsets that and makes it that like tart sweet that makes key lime pie so good. I'm man, I I have hopes that this is either going to be like five Luther good or it's going to be so terrible that I'm like, okay, they just made up something and and well, I'm trying to be like key lime pie. I will say this for the most part, the beers that we've had that have been very specific have been pretty on point. Yes, they have. And, and I mean, we're 100, this is 185 episodes in, and I'd I'm sure there has been, and if you remember, because it's been very recently, let me know. But if I'm wrong with what I'm about to say, but I don't remember anyone making a claim to may have like a bold like we're gonna be this, uh huh, and then just flat out missing. Yes, that is correct. But so this, I'm anyway. I'm pretty excited about this one. Key lime pie from Whole Hog is what I've got tonight. What do you have for tonight? So tonight, I could have sworn we've done more from this brewery, but it has been since episode like, um, where is it? I just saw it. Episode four. 
that we have done a creature comfort. Is Classic City the only one? It is the only one we have done on. Wow. It's the only creature comforts we've done. And it was so good. I guess that's why we decided not to try to go back. Yeah. But, um, so creature comforts based in, oh, they're in Georgia somewhere. Hang on. Athens. They're in Athens, Athens. Georgia. Yep. Creature comforts in Athens. Yep. They're in Athens. Um, I have the Athena Paradiso Burliner Weiss. Um, it is a German style tart wheat ale with fruit, four and a half ABV. Um, flavors I got on here are tart cherry, raspberry, and cranberry. Um, so I'm excited about that. Uh, let's see, their website has it has a description here. Uh, Athena Paradiso is a refreshing, gently tart German style wheat beer brewed with a house blend of lactobacillus and a variety of fruit juices and purees. This version of Athena Paradiso is brewed with tart cherry, raspberry, and cranberry. So they actually have some different like Athena Paradisos that have different flavors in them. Mm-hmm. Um, let me get let me see here. So like. Um, they've got one that's like a lemon. They've got one that's um, passion fruit. I think passion fruit and guava. They've got one. So there's like they've got one that's blackberry. So they've got Athena Paradisos. Um, they've got different ones, and like they're the color of the can is just different. Yeah, um, but this one is a cherry cranberry and raspberry so all things that are right up my alley (laughs) yep they are so creature comforts uh fun fact they uh they developed a beer together and i think they're going to sell it in sanford stadium uh at georgia games this year they developed one in conjunction with the georgia bulldogs which Mm. is my team yeah Uh, i I couldn't care less about that I know you. I knew you couldn't care less, but uh, what, they what's, do, the, they, they, what's the name of their beard of it? Do you know? I it seems like I saw it the other day, but I was looking for it, but I couldn't find which one it actually was. I wondered if you had accidentally picked it up and didn't realize it. <laughs> nope, that would be a negative. It, uh, shoot, it may be. It may not be a negative. I don't know. Uh, creature comfort. I would think it has. It NGA. has like Georgia logos all over the the can. UGA but, uh, I just saw like I saw a press release about it the other day, and that's now think about it. Let's see here, they just they're the official beer of UGA Athletics. Oh, there you go. Um, I'm not seeing anything where they've got popular Tropicalia has been featured in Big Picture Entertainment, including a cameo in a in game. Tropicalia was an end game. I think so. That's what this thing says. I don't. I wouldn't know. I haven't seen any game. So, <laughs> anywho, sorry, rabbit trail. Um, <laughs> let's get to drinking before drink before beer. we find something else to get distracted by. So let's crack them open. Here we go. Three, two, one, crack. Oh, good. This is not a twist up. I was wondering if this was going to be a twist up. Oh man. Bro. This thing just smells tart. 
Does it smell based like off key, the smell? Does it smell like key lime pie? It's got key lime pie, but based off the smell, I'm wondering. I'm I'm fearful that the crust, the uh, graham cracker crust flavor is going to be a little too strong. It's got heavy. It smells a lot like graham cracker, which I'm I'm not upset about. I do like graham crackers, but well, graham but, crackers are not the feature of key lime pie. Yeah, but can you smell key lime? Like, like no, like when you drink or when you eat key lime pie, is there much of a smell to it at all? Not really. So, I mean, and graham cracker is like a vanilla cinnamony thing. So, yeah, I'm still hopeful for you. I am too. Mainly because I, I just love key lime pie. They better not screw I do it too. up. <laughs> like the near whole hog, <laughs> like that key lime or that lime lager thing I had a few weeks ago from whoever it was that kind of, yeah, it's been longer than that. I don't remember when it was. The bounty yeah, lime lager. Yeah, that, yeah. That, never mind. There wasn't anything key lime about that, but anyway. All right, let's drink. Let's turn them up. <laughs> let's do it. Cheers. Mm. Can I go? You can go. Um, this is five Luthers. Nice. <laughs> um, the three fruits, uh, the cherry, the raspberry, even the cranberry. I've seen some like cranberry sauce art on beers before. Yeah. Like like it like the the stuff you get out of a can, cranberry sauce, <laughs> the gelatin stuff. Yeah. Um which after you've had fresh cranberry sauce, you can't go back. That's true. Like and it's so stupid easy anyway. Um I wasn't sure how cranberry would fit into a beer at all. This is fantastic. Like all three flavors are perfectly balanced. It is exactly what I want in a tart or a Berliner Weiss. Um, yeah. It is. I mean, it is nearly perfect. Like, like I, I, I can't find anything wrong. I mean, this got a cool. The color is really cool. Like it looks like cranberry sauce almost. Yes, it does. Um, but I mean, it's really light. It's really nice flavors. Like I said, perfectly blend together. Um, and I haven't had a beer tonight, so maybe that's why I'm like, man, this is it just tastes good in because I haven't had one tonight. But I'm gonna say it's five Luthers, and if anyone's upset about it, they can get over it because they can get over it. <laughs> I have the microphone, so five Luthers. It's our for, podcast, not yours. It is. So creature comforts. Um, I'll, I'll look over the fact that they're based in Athens. And um, <laughs> give them five Luthers on that one. So between uh, Classic City, got four from each of us. But that was that was back when we we were, didn't know what we were doing really. That's think, true. So Classic City is still one of my favorites. So like, it's it's really good. And they have the so they have one called the Reclaimed Rye, and that mm-hmm. one is really good too. I like that one. So I probably buy Classic City Lager a couple of times a year. Mm-hmm. Um, I got it when we went camping back in the summer, and I got a case of it when we went camping. Just it's a it's a good just chilling beer, like like this. Yes, it is. So anyway, but the Athena Paradiso, this this one that I have is is top notch. Five out of five from me. Nice, nice. Please tell me that the key lime pie didn't disappoint. It 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 is disappointed. Um, mm. there's the, 
the key lime flavor is just not there at all mm-hmm. to me. Um, there, I mean, there might be a smidgen of of lime flavor, but it's, I mean, this is like the LaCroix of lime flavor is what this is. Mm-hmm. Um, it's definitely heavy on that graham cracker flavor and and you mix the this is what i was afraid of you mix the graham cracker with the beer and you get like this i don't want to say it's bitter because it's not bitter but it's just this it's a different it's like a bready beer taste yeah, i about to say it's, it's probably overly bready it is it's it's and because, that's exactly like that covers because everything because this beer is so you got yeast from the beer yes. and then you've also got the graham cracker which is just really dry bread yes and you get all that, like those flavors are there. And are those flavors is, at least good? It's, I mean, it's okay. It's, it's not what I want in a beer though. Like, I mean, it's, it's, it's not what got you a, want in a key lime pie beer. The, exactly. It's, it's got a, a nice texture. It's got a light texture to it. I, I'll give it that. Mm-hmm. But there is like zero. I mean, maybe just a tiny hint of of the actual like lime flavor. It feels like, mm. um, like I part of me knew this was either going to be fantastically good or terribly bad, and I don't want to give it terribly bad, but it's just it's not there. I mean, it is nothing like advertised. Um, to me, it's not. There's just there's no key lime flavor in it. Um. There's no tartness. It's all that that bready kind of dry bitterness. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, not like not like IPA bitters, but it's just like that bready bitterness kind of flavor. Um, man, I'm 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 really upset by this one because it's just not. It's nothing like I wanted it to be. Yeah. So I'm gonna have to give this one. I'll I'm going to be nice and give this one three Luthers. Oh, okay. Because I feel like they tried, um, but the graham cracker flavor just like I mean it's it's this is literally like drinking uh graham I mean like the what are they graham crackers, the teddy uh teddy grams or whatever. Like that's almost mm-hmm. what it tastes like. It tastes like the plain teddy grams with no honey on them in beer. That's what mm-hmm. it tastes like. There's no tart, there's no lime, there's no offsetting flavor, which to me is what makes key lime so good. Um, so yeah, this is this is gonna be a struggle. Three three losers is as much as I'm gonna be able to give this one. So wow. I'm a little that's upset. disappointing <laughs> because when because when a company tries like a something that you love and you're like, man, I can't wait to get to try it. Yes. And now it's like, oh. Well, they didn't really even they they didn't meet the expectations that you had set on it. Yeah. And you it's I mean, from your description, I'm not drinking it, so I don't know, but it sounds like you're describing something that was made by people who have never had key lime pie. That's honestly what I feel like. And of course, these people are in Wisconsin, so I don't know if they know what key lime pie actually is. I don't know. I don't know where key lime pie originated from. Pretty sure Where it's, did key lime. <laughs> I'm gonna guess Florida. Just feels like a Florida. The thing. mysterious origin of key lime pie. Don't panic, Southerners, but we have some news about key lime pie. Turns out the official state pie of Florida, 
may not be from Florida at all, but New York City. Yeah, that checks out. So, yeah, I mean, I guess I could go in New York City because I feel like Key Lime Pie is something for, that a coastal town would come up with. So, but I also feel like it should have been, it should have come up in the South. But yeah, it doesn't matter. The beer is not good. The beer is not good. Um, I'm a little upset that I still have five more to drink. Well, um, it is what it is, but whole hog. I'm, I'm a little disappointed. I wish there was, I wish there was something different. I wish there was something better I could say about this, but I just can't, I don't like it. So mm. three Luther's is all it's going to get from me. Well, and that, and three Luther's and, and you're being nice for it. Yeah. Um, that's, that's really disappointing, but it is. Um, Creature Comfort's got a five on this one. That was, that wasn't bad. That wasn't bad at all. So, um, yeah, there's our beer review for the week. Anthony giving the Key Lime Pie from Whole Hog Beer three out of five Luthers and Creature Comforts. Athena Paradiso, the, um, the red can, because they have different colors and stuff for different flavors. (laughs) Um, but they're all like Athena Paradiso is just like the, um, like series, I guess. Yeah. What, I don't. I don't know how to describe it. Anyway, the the red one got five out of five for me. Awesome. I'm this glad week. somebody got five Luthers. <laughs> yeah, and it's uh, it's pretty good. I'm I'm probably gonna crack the other, another one open here in a second. So, um, but yeah, there is our beer review for the week. Well, and. I almost, almost I was like, well, till next week. Good luck. You almost, you almost <laughs> take luck. You almost ended it. But, end it right there. No Bible tonight. Um, stick around. You're, you're so disappointed from <laughs> the beer. You're just like, I, I like, give up. <laughs> I'm done for the night. I give up. We are going to come back. We're going to finish Romans tonight. So stick around. Uh, we're going to take a short break and we will be right Welcome back. We are back from that short break. And we are going to finish up the book of Romans tonight. We're going to pick up where we left off last week, uh, picking up in chapter nine, um, which I think last week we talked about. I think I had mentioned last week the how like nine through 11 is this almost like parentheses section of the book of Romans mm-hmm. where it kind of yep. it, it changes topics a little bit. But like you can really see it when you go from like 839 to 12 one. Mm-hmm. Um, so go if you if you missed that, go back and listen to it because it's a lot of fun. It's I'm I'm not at all saying that nine through eleven shouldn't be in Romans, but I just think it's a it's a fun thought experiment to look at that. But so we're gonna pick up tonight, chapter nine, and uh and this section of Romans, these three chapters are probably some of the most controversial chapters really in all the Bible. Um, because this is where Paul kind of builds his argument to a conclusion that he's been building since chapter two, really. I mean, since like chapter one, verse 18, but um, he's been building this, this chapter two because everything. And, and I, I think this is why this is like in like an, an asterisk or an excursus in Paul's total argument, because he gets to this point where I, I think everybody, if you're reading this or you're hearing this, you're like, hang on a second. 
Paul is Paul is making a very clear division between Israel and the Gentiles. Mm-hmm. He's also bringing them together because he's saying that you know the Gentiles aren't saved by the law and Israel's not saved by the by who they are, their ethnicity is what he's been building up to this argument. And so in chapter nine, Paul turns and he addresses tension that's been building up between Jews and Gentiles. Okay. Mm-hmm. And he's going to do this in chapter nine. And he's going to grapple with this relationship that God has with Israel and that God has with the Gentiles. And, and he begins to basically dissect who each group is and, and how their standing is before God. But more importantly, he's going to focus on the the individuals set standing before God a lot of this in in a lot of this section and so he's going to explain that um not all physical descendants of Abraham are the true Israel which i you know if if you followed the the argument up to this point you've probably figured that out that it's not about being a ethnic descendant of mm-hmm. Israel which is the yeah. which is the position that a lot of Israel was taking in this day. They're like, we are the chosen people. So there's nothing you can do. But again, go back and read the Old Testament. God says, if you disobey me, there's going to be curses coming on you. You know, that's the the whole Deuteronomic cycle that we've talked about Mm -hmm. week after week. That's, I mean, this is it coming to fruition, really, really right here. And so Paul gets gets to this section of chapter nine where he talks about God's sovereign choice. And he talks to, you know, he, we get to the verses where he says, I'll have mercy on whom I have mercy. Um, Jacob, I loved Esau. I hated it was this way from the beginning. Um, and he and he makes mention of these certain things that if you're if you lean toward a more Calvinistic or reformed view of the scripture, you're like, this is your chapter, man. This is where you throw down and you're like, yeah, boom, boom, take this. And, and, and if you're, if you tend toward a more Arminian or a more, uh, or a less reformed view of scripture, you're going to be like, oh, just wait till chapter 11. I'm going to get you back in chapter 11. And so I think Paul really, I mean, Paul didn't know anything about Calvinism because Calvinism didn't exist back then. He didn't know anything about Augustinianism. <laughs> right. Paul Paul seems like the ultimate like hype man. He's just going like back and forth, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he goes over to but 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 yeah. That's what it yeah. feels like with Paul. So so we get through chapter nine, chapter ten. Um, he's gonna talk about the salvation of Israel, the wisdom of God's plan. We t- you see that in the mystery uh, discussion there in chapter 10. And then you get to chapter eleven, and he focuses pretty hard right here on the rejection of Israel, but you you have to remember this at this point. I think this is where where we we tend to deviate uh, a lot of times in here because we just talk about the the rejection of Israel, and and you can get a couple of different heretical views if you're not careful right here because um, mm-hmm. there's there's a I think I've talked about this before on the podcast, but there's this belief called replacement theology where. God basically displaces his chosen people, which was Israel in the Old Testament. And he says, okay, Israel, you're out. New people, you're in. And and it's you're my you're now my chosen people. I've rejected, I've unchosen these other people. And that is not at all what Paul is saying in this section right here. Mm-hmm. Um, Paul is because remember, we've talked about it on here. The remnant, God will always keep for himself a remnant. And yeah. and Paul is being very meticulous to focus on saying it has always been this way. It's not about 
what your ethnicity is. It's not about how good you can keep the law. It's not about how many times you do Sabbath correctly. It's not about your um, sacrifices being the the exact right thing. Everything mm-hmm. at this point now has pointed to Christ, and everything has been a foreshadowing of Christ. And Paul is saying that is where your hope is found. And if you're not in Christ, period, doesn't matter about anything else. If you're not in Christ, you are not chosen. And so um, it, he's he makes this point building up through chapters 9, 10, and 11, and then he's, he, he's very quick to remind everybody um, that he is going to keep for himself that remnant. And there are some of Israel that joined into the church and, and were, were believers. And, and today we call, uh, we call them messianic Jews is what we call them. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's Jews who still practice the you know, a, a lot of the old Testament ritual side of it, but they recognize that their hope and the reason for those rituals mm-hmm. is that they, they found their hope in, in Christ. And that is where yeah. their salvation lies, but they just, they still hold to the, and, and again, there, I mean, this is the difference between being a Methodist and a Baptist. You know, Methodists do things certain ways. Baptists do things certain ways. Presbyterians do things certain ways. It's, I mean, that's really almost what this is like. But the the grounding force of all of those is that Christ is the center and Christ is the focus and Christ is the only way in which salvation is found. Right. Okay. So he's going to wrap that up in chapter 11 right there. And then, and then we skip back to what we feel like is is kind of the main main argument uh, of of Romans back in chapter twelve. So take us into chapter twelve. Sure. So now we're going to get into the practical outworking of God's righteousness. Um, the 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 one of the main things Paul's going to focus on here is he's going to write he's going to say that the mercies of God call us to service of God. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and Anthony, I've heard you say this on the podcast a, a few times. But it's that the your orthodoxy affects your orthopraxy or orthopraxy. Yep. yep. And, and so what that means is basically what you believe or um, who you follow should be reflected in how you act, how you interact with others, mm-hmm. how you interact with the world, um, how you handle yourself as a person. Yep. Um and and that's kind of what Paul is going to be. I mean, Romans twelve one is um, the in, in view of. You know, let me get this right. View of, no, it's to offer your bodies a sacrifice. Yeah, in view of God's first. mercy, offer yourself. In view, yeah, 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 yeah. Is that verse? So, so that's what Paul's writing here. Um, the first thing is that um, Christians should focus internally. He's going to go through that in verses nine through twenty one. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about um, how you know, you focus on yourself and then focus on the world. So, yeah. so, so how you know it's not a get yourself right before you go out in the world, but like if things aren't good internally, then you're probably not going to be doing the right things. Yeah, externally either. It, it seems so, like. Seems like this guy named Jesus talked about something very, very similar to what Paul is is kind of laying out in longer language here. When Jesus was saying, you know, before you talk about the the speck that's in your brother's eye, you should get the telephone pole out of your own eye 
Yeah. So that way you know how to look at the speck in your brother's eye and help him fix it. Yeah. I mean, Jesus probably knew what he was talking about. I mean, just yeah. a thought. Just a thought. Anyway. So um, but then so so you you've you've gotten yourself squared away and then you're interacting with the world, but the linchpin of these actions is gonna be love. Yeah. Um, love is gonna hold everything together. Um, love help love fulfills the law. Um, and so really, and we've talked about it too, um, how love is the foundation for how you treat others, how you Mm -hmm. handle yourself in work and at church and in home. And like, like love is a key factor there. Yeah. Um, next Paul's going to talk about uh, Christian living and unity. He's going to call believers to offer themselves as living sacrifices. We already talked about it, about that in uh, uh, chapter twelve, verse one. And he's going to call them to live transformed lives according to God's will. Yeah. So, um, Paul's going to say, "Hey, uh, once you've accepted Jesus, your lives should look drastically different, mm-hmm. and you should be following God's will." And here's how you know what God's will is. And he's going to lay that out. Yeah. Um, Paul's going to emphasize humility, love, and unity within the church. Um, there is a lot to unpack there. We could sit, we, we could probably do a month's worth of podcasts talking about, <laughs> um, about stuff within the church. Yes. Um, and maybe we will one day, but really, um, the church is to be a place where, um, there's, uh, humility, a place where there's love and a place of unity. And mm-hmm. if you don't have one or any of those in your church, uh, see see what's going on. Like, see if you can figure out or talk to somebody about like, hey, there's some strife. There's some yeah, we like there's like whatever it is. Um, talk about it, and, and and because change doesn't happen unless you talk about it. Yeah, I'll say I'll say this like, and and understand like, I, I think Michael knows my heart enough to know that that when I say this, this is this is going to sound incredibly insensitive, um. But if the church was half as interested at keeping its inside clean as they are on telling everybody else in the outside world how to keep their lives clean, um, I, I think we would have a different church. Yeah. Um, you know, it's when you watch the news and you watch these things happen and, and it just like, it boggles my mind that I, I see, and I'll, I'll give you a prime example. Okay. I'm probably going to get just roasted for this, but the, I don't even remember the girl's name, but she went to the, the prayer breakfast, um, for that Senator and she made jokes oh, about yeah. it. Mm-hmm. Nancy, yep. Nancy, something, I don't know. I know um, who you're talking about, but she made jokes about basically living with her fiance outside of wedlock. And, and, and so, and, and here's a group of Christian men and women laughing about her talking about openly, you know, having sexual relations outside of marriage, which as a Christian, we should, we should not stand for that. Right. That's not what the Bible teaches. That's not a Christian moral sexual ethic. It is antithetical to Christian moral sexual ethics. And so to have, you know, I don't know how many people are in that room, 50, 120, I don't know. 
but to to hear the laughter of those people and her just just willy-nilly joking about it now i get it you know they were like oh she just became a christian she's new at this and and okay maybe there's a maybe there's some kind of other other things happening but you know the fact that that there were probably mature christians in that room that laughed about that and didn't see an issue with that i don't i don't know man it just it boggles my mind that Christians can't see other Christians and, and deal with things inside the church, but yet we want to tell the world everything that they're doing wrong. And we get upset when the world looks at us and goes, you guys are morons. What are you talking about? Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, there's a lot, there's a lot of, um, shoot, I may get in trouble for saying this. I don't know, but I feel like there's a lot of churches who want to point out the issues of others and the sin of others, but mm-hmm. will fail to address the sin within their church. Oh yeah, absolutely. And, and they don't, and, and it's not, it's not just not, not even fail to address it, but fail to even see it or fail to acknowledge it. Yeah. You know, like, like every single church on the face of the planet is going to have people in it, leading, serving, like, there are sinners in every single seat and every single church on the face of the planet is filled with a sinner. So yeah. like, can we stop pretending that any church anywhere has it all together? And yeah. when there's an issue and when there's a sin and when there's stuff that needs to be called out and challenged and addressed and changed, can we just be mature believers and say, yep, you're right. We need to address that and then address it and then do better. Like, and move on. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like we're, we're not, we're, I'm not saying be perfect. Cause that's not, that's not a reality. That's, that's no. not a, that's not a real expect. That's not a, a reasonable expectation. What I am saying is when, when there is an issue, when there is sin, when there is something that needs to be called out, Call it out, address it, yep. move on. Whatever the move on, like whatever the process looks like, maybe different church to church, may a small little church, maybe like may be able to move on easier than a big like I don't know. But yeah. It's just it it baffles me that we have so many people who or so many churches, not people, but so many churches that want to reach the communities around them. But when people from the community come in, they're like, wait a minute, these people are just, I don't know. It, it, well, it seems it seems hypocritical to expect the world to listen to anything you have to say when you won't address your own stuff. Yes. That, and that's 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 a that hits the nail on the head. And if you're not willing <clears throat> to fix your own stuff then you can't expect a watching world to take you seriously when you tell them to fix their stuff. Right. Like, you know, because the world is watching the world's watching. Oh yeah. Like like it it may not feel like the world is watching your church, but the world is watching your church to see how you handle social injustice, how you handle um, the LGBTQ 
stuff. Like, like the world is watching how your churches handle all that. Yeah. And so how you handle it matters, but you've also got to be willing to handle your own stuff from within. Yeah. Like it's not just the and, outside stuff. It's the inside stuff. Yeah. And there's a, there's a way to handle sin and, yeah. and there's a way to handle it properly and say, and, and, you know, not everyone is going to, it's, we're not asking for, um, what's the word I'm looking for? It's not, it's not, a. We're not asking for uniformity. We're asking for unity. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's not that you have to agree with a hundred percent of everything. It's that's not what we're talking about here. But you have to acknowledge on some level that, man, if we don't deal with sin in our churches, then the world is not going to take us seriously when we tell them they need to deal with sin. Right. Because sin is sin. I don't care if it's LGBTQ or, you know, you're verbally abusing your spouse. You know, it's, God, it's, God does it's, not care what the sin is because it, it, in his eyes, it is all putrid and that's right, um, disgusting. And it, it, he cannot be in the presence of the littlest white lie or the most gruesome murder. Like, like yeah. he cannot be in, he cannot be in the presence of either. Yeah. And so, you know, if we spent a, just a little bit of time instead of, you know, trying instead of trying to make ourselves look bigger and better and better than we actually are, but just spend a little bit of time to say, let's clean, let's clean our house a little bit. Let's mm-hmm. let's focus on us so that we can better serve the community, you know, and, and and I think this is this is something that I've always thought about, but like when you invite people to come to your house, a lot of times, like you do things like you clean it, you may shove everything in a closet, right? But you still do something because it's just, you want, you want your house to be clean and presentable when people come by, like, that's what you want. But the thing that you're doing there is you're cleaning your house. You're not having that's, people come over to your house and you're not going next door to clean that house. And then that's still right. having people come to your house. <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly right. But I mean, like that's that's the point is is just it's it doesn't have to be perfect. You know, we're not saying that your house has to be meticulous or spotless or everything in order. No, that's not what we're saying. But what we are saying is make an effort. Right. Make an effort to just just keep order and and yeah. and so that when you do have people who because you never know when your neighbors are gonna knock on your door. Yeah. Hey man, I need to come in and talk. Sure thing, man. Come on in, you know. Right. Um and so I, I don't know. Maybe we spend a little bit too much time on that, but no. But I will. I will say this: like, it's okay if your house, like, it's okay if you just throw your stuff in the closet. But when someone opens that closet, don't be like, "Oh, I had no idea that was there." Like, exactly. Like, like, <laughs> like oh now, my gosh, <laughs> who put that there? Like the analogy. That's a great analogy. I had not thought of that. That's fantastic. Um, Gosh, we, we spent way more time on that one bullet point than I thought we were going to, but that's okay. Um, and then finally, Paul's going to wrap up this section. Um, he's going to give some practical instructions uh, for yeah. righteous living and considerations for weaker believers. Mm-hmm. Um, and so Paul Paul knows that you've got either new converts or um, people who are coming from uh, – I know we just talked about like sin is sin, but air quotes more sinful lifestyles. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, but Paul Paul knows that he's we're going to have that group of you know those kind of people 
coming over into mm-hmm. the family of God. And so he's just going to give some um, instructions here on how to live righteously and, and to um, show love to their brothers and to follow yeah. God and how and how to do all that. So yep. um, that gets us through really the bulk of, of the rest of Romans. The last couple of sections here are just uh, like a chapter and a half. So yeah. Um, why don't you take us to the next one? Yeah. yeah got us some closing remarks that we're going to start here. Um, the last half of chapter 15 kind of begins this. Um, and we're, we're going to talk about Paul. He's going to talk about his mission, where he's planning to go. This is where we start to see the development. You can tie this to like the middle towards the end of Acts and stuff. Um, mm-hmm. Paul's going to highlight his apostolic mission. He's going to emphasize um, his desire to preach. Uh, specifically in places where Christ is not known. He's going to share some plans with the Roman church. You know, he wants to go visit Rome. And so on his missionary journey, he's going to start Jerusalem and and he's going to make his way. He's eventually trying to get to like Spain and Europe and all that. And and so he's sharing where he wants to stop. He's uh, requesting Mm -hmm. support. You know, he's, yeah. uh, you know, missionaries think about missionaries today who who go around and, and do fundraising to try to go spend years on end reaching uh, people groups and things like that. And so, right. This is, you know, that's it that finds its basis right here in what Paul Paul does. Paul went around to right. church and he's like, hey, I need help uh, doing what I do. And and there's nothing wrong with supporting those people. And and it is definitely a, a part of and a ministry of the local church to support people who do that. Um, and so so yeah, it's just it's an encouragement for believers that he's gonna start right here at the end of chapter 15 and then walk us through chapter 16 as he kind of wraps this whole thing up. Yeah, so uh Paul's gonna send greetings to various individuals in the Roman church. Um, he's gonna acknowledge their contributions and offering words of encouragement. Um, this is a great place to get names for your kids if you're ever wondering. It is. If you, if you um, want fun names, this, there's some good ones in Romans 16. <laughs> it, it's fantastic. Um, and then uh, he's going to warn against divisions and false teachers. Um, mm-hmm. It's just a quick couple of verses there. He's going to say to watch out for those who cause dissensions and obstacles contrary to the doctrine you've learned. Um, I feel like we've talked about that maybe mm-hmm. almost ad nauseum tonight, <laughs> but um, maybe not. I don't know. Um, and then he's going to conclude uh, with a doxology. He's going to praise God's wisdom and the re- revelation of the gospel mystery. Um, and I just want to read the last uh, three verses of Romans here. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, it says uh, in uh, 1625, Now to him who has power to strengthen you according to my gospel and the proclamation about Jesus Christ, according to the revelation of the mystery kept silent for long ages, but now revealed and made known through the prophetic scriptures, according to the command of the eternal God to advance the obedience of faith among all nations to the only wise God through Jesus Christ, to him be the glory forever. Amen. Boom. And that wraps up Romans. Like that's how Paul concludes the letter. So um, I don't really have anything to add. I feel like we've, we've beaten the dead horse tonight a little bit. (laughs) We, we, we left. We came. We left. Came back with a new stick and everything. Poor guy. Um, <laughs> man, that horse didn't seen a chance. Um, Can I pray for us? I would love it if you prayed for us. Awesome. Let's pray. Do it. God, we thank you for tonight. We thank you for uh, the Book of Romans and what it teaches us as believers. Uh, I pray that we would recognize and we would see 
um, what Paul is encouraging the the church in Rome to do, and God, that we can see uh, how his encouragement even applies to us today. Um, And so, God, I pray that we would look around our house, that we would see our house and we would find places where we can uh, continue to work on ourselves, Mm -hmm. where we can continue to focus more on you uh, so that we can see your glory and we can reflect your glory in our life. And, and God, that that would lead us through that process of sanctification where it's just this the constant cleansing and washing of your spirit over us that, that says you need to fix this and you need to fix that and you need to change this. And so, God, I pray that we would be receptive to that, that we would be open to your your working and your spirit uh, spirit's movement in our lives. And God, I pray that as we turn out and we face the world, that that would be reflected, that they would see a, a humble people and, and a loving people who are willing to admit that that we're not perfect and we don't get it right all the time, but we are trying. Uh, we are doing our best to reflect you and God, that they would, they would see your spirit working in us and then they would uh, in turn be changed by your spirit working in them. And so God, I pray that you would use us as a conduit. You would use your, your believer's um, as as a way that you can draw more people to yourself. And and so we are grateful for the the words of Paul that you gave to Paul to write down to give to us uh, 2,000 years later that, that how, how applicable it still is uh, to us and to our lives and to the world around us. And so we thank you for that. We thank you for this book, uh, and we pray that it would be beneficial uh, to those who read it. And uh, we ask all of this in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Amen and amen. Well, Michael, Anthony, people wanted to reach us on social media platforms. Could they do that? Is it possible to still reach us on social media? If it hasn't been shut down, which it shouldn't have been because we don't post anything that'll get us shut down. Um, (laughs) Yet. (laughs) I mean, we don't post much. Let's be real. Um, You can find us on Instagram at beers and Bible underscore. You can find us on Twitter or X, whatever Elon Musk is calling that thing now. Did you see that the app icon changed just a little bit? Last uh, yeah, night? it's got like it looks like somebody splattered paint on it. Yeah, I've kind of missed the old one. I missed uh, the I missed the blue one with the bird. That's what I missed. I know. <laughs> um, bring bring back the bird, Elon. Come on. Anyway, you can find us on Twitter X at um what is that? Beers and Bible P1. You can find us on Facebook by searching Beers and Bible Podcast, looking for the logo that you see on your um, podcast platform playing device thing. <laughs> and then uh, you can email us the old school way, Beers and Bible Podcast at gmail.com. Um, we'd love to hear from you if you have any questions about anything we've discussed. We have any, uh, any ways we are wrong that you'd like to. Uh, tell us about we could uh, love to hear those and you can also send us beer suggestions at to any of those in the dms or private messages or messages i messenger whatever they call it so um but yeah that's where you can get get us so well, boom she bang until next week i hope that your beer stays cold and your bible stays open and we'll see you later Peace out.